Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. Today, I have a what's what selection of uh, material with fan favorite Ian Dixon. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing excellent because we are podcasting with so many great, juicy topics. We got Kyle here, too, my cat. If you hear him in the background, he's the little squeaky guy. Right now, I don't know what, what better situation I could have. I've got fan favorite Ian Dixon sitting across from me at the podcasting table. I have a podcasting table. Kyle is always adding such nice things as a cat to the podcast. And we have so many amazing topics coming up. If you're listening to this, you're welcome. I'm just going to start with that. <laughs> You're welcome in advance. Oh, so we got so many good topics. And I think it's, I think I have all this energy and I'm just becoming refreshed because I recently took a, a spiritual pilgrimage to a place uh, that means a lot to my family. That's exciting. Tell us all about that. That's right. Uh, my family, I come from a long line of people who own the same business, Kraus Brick and Supply. And it got started here in Detroit in 1930, just off of Schoolcraft and Meyer Road in Detroit. Uh, not even, that's like a mile or two from here, maybe east. Mm-hmm. And I never thought to, to go see it until uh, I was bringing it up uh, to my friend Sabelle. And she was like, why don't you go see it? And I was like, that's a great question. Why don't I go see it? It's just over there. So I went to go see it, and lo and behold, it's still a brickyard. It's still the same building. Maybe they probably make it look nicer by now, or, or you know, done some renovations over the past, what is it, like 80 years now? 80, 90 years? But, yeah, it was really nice to see such history. My great-grandpa started it in 1930, then my grandpa took it over, and then my dad. So it was cool to see the, the genesis point, the primordial yeah. soup of my existence, a lot of it took place in that in that building, uh, shoveling coal and stacking bricks, and building Detroit up from the ground up. That's very cool. I surprised it's still a brickyard. Yeah, still a brickyard. People still need brick, and it, huh. that's a, still a profitable location to do it. That's surprising. I don't see a lot of brick these days. I mean, if you keep going around Detroit, it's still a lot. Everything's still, like, colonial. Everything still yeah. has brick. Well, I mean, the older buildings, but you don't see new construction with brick so much. I I would disagree. Yeah. Go down to Corktown. You'll see brick on all the buildings that they're building up. They're building new, like, apartment complexes. Trying to make it I look... I think they'd all have brick. I think I would have noticed if it was, like, yeah. I don't know, uh, aluminum siding. I guess, I guess if you're building in a historic location like Corktown, you want to make it look like it doesn't stick out. That makes sense. Yeah, so there's probably going to be some brick. Yeah. And the streets in Corktown are brick. Probably cross brick, let's be honest. Just down the street. So, yeah, my family built Detroit from the ground up. What what did your family do? Where did they come from? (laughs) (laughs) I had a similar experience, actually. I uh, recently traveled to Pennsylvania for my aunt's funeral, um, and I saw the home my mom grew up in. Which is in Skipack. Skipack? Tiny little town outside of Philadelphia. My mother's grandparents, so my great-grandparents, 
emigrated from Poland after World War One, I, I believe, and built a home with their own hands out of stone. And out that of stone, that, like right in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, or yes. fifty miles outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Precisely, and that building is still standing. It is now a dental office. I took a picture. Excellent. <laughs> So that was kind of cool to just get that history of like where where my mom grew up and get to meet some of those relatives that I don't get to see all that often since they're so far away. Right. Yeah. Like you get to, it's like going back to your blood, Return of the King. Exactly. You know, like how did how did they all react to you coming coming in from uh, knowing that you're pretty much a celebrity now, <laughs> Scott Cast? Like, do they treat you differently? I don't think they were aware of my. My podcast fame. They don't have a podcast in Pennsylvania? <laughs> no. They're a bit behind the times there. They're still getting their entertainment from TV Guide? Mm-hmm. It was mostly older relatives. They may not be hip to the podcast game. No? Yeah. I mean, I wonder, what can we do to get people to, like, maybe who doesn't listen to podcasts at all? Mm-hmm. How can we just make them, oh, all of a sudden listen to them and then start with us? Because, like, that's like 60% of the podcast's population for listeners and demographic wise and like in the united states 40 percent of people in the united states listen to podcasts i think it's a lot i want to target the 60 percent who don't and find a way to trick them into listening to scott cast because i feel like we'll grow like wildfire and we will and not only will we be the world's best podcast but we will have more podcast listeners than the entire rest of the podcast world combined that's my goal for Scott Cast. Your family is patient zero. You're yeah. already a podcast celebrity. Now let's get to the point where these people are listening to Scott Cast. How do we make that happen? We got to appeal to uh, elderly Polish folk. Appeal to in, in a way, yeah. <laughs> we gotta. We definitely, at the very least, have to. I did notice old Polish folk love Pope John Paul too. They do. They, they do. do. I mean, they love them we here. We got a statue here. Yeah. There was a statue, not in Skipak, but in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. There's a Polish cemetery there. They have a uh, statue of the Pope. Did the did the Pope visit the old town that the statue's at? I'm not at? sure. I that's think... why we have a statue here. Right. I think it was just like a Polish community, and they goddamn love Pope John Paul. They, they're just a fan. <laughs> <laughs> What I want is like, sure, you can have your Pope John Pauls, and that's where you get your spiritual advice. But where do you get your worldly advice, uh, elderly Polish population? Scott Cast. This is where you get pragmatic tips, like uh, how to. Uh, uh, did we ever do pragmatic tips of anything, any sort? I don't know. We should. We should. We should do a how-to episode. We can't do a how-to episode now because we have too much whimsy planned. Yeah. But if you're interested in learning how to do something, mm-hmm. uh, write in to Scottcast email bag at hotforscottcast at gmail.com or by visiting our brand new super speedy awesome website, scottcast.us. It is amazingly speedy. <laughs> I made sure of it. <laughs> I, wanted, yeah. I, wanted, I, want that, I want that website to fly off the press like, like, a, like something speedy. Like a, like a very fast newspaper, like a, like a like a newspaper cannon. Like like you go to scottcast.us and you're like, I wonder what's coming. Oh, that's what's coming. <laughs> Look at all this entertainment. You go to scottcast.us and you're just 
there's just so much entertainment. There's too many to cho- too much to choose from. You will be inundated with so much good choices, and every choice is 100 percent amazing. There you go. I'm yeah, that's right. If you're if you're listening to this podcast, and you haven't listened to all the podcasts, which there's 17 of them besides this one. This is podcast number 18. In which case. You got so much to catch up on, so much lore, so much happiness, so much joy. You can discover the creation of the Scott Cast email bag from its inception. So it seems like we just need to appeal to these these niches. Right. And I, I, as much as I love having the super speedy website, it's, it's difficult to get and, uh, the people online to begin with sometimes. Yeah. You know, you got to sometimes people don't want to be staring at a screen and that's that's as a digital marketer that's my main that's my main enemy is people spending time with their loved ones and uh reading books and going outside yeah and that's our challenge i think we can we can hashtag jurassic park and we can hashtag john paul too but if you're not in that the internet web then we're not catching them yeah, exactly. So it's like, as much as I, I'd love to have uh, have an audience of bleeding edge thought leaders, like the Steve Jobs of uh, listeners, all the people with the highest tech gadgets, you know, smart watches, smart cars, smart barbell sets, <laughs> smart guitars, smart bikes, smartphones even. Although smartphones aren't really bleeding-edge tech anymore, are they? They're not. We should make some more smart things. We should make a smarter thing than a smartphone. What's smarter than a smartphone? Like, what's something smarter to make smart than a phone? Shoes. Why? Why is shoes smarter? Because, like, a phone is smart to make smart because a phone's original intention is to connect you with another human being. Mm-hmm. So, like, making it smart means, oh, you wanted to connect to another human being. How about all the human beings? Smartphone. Yeah. So a shoe gets you to a place with yeah. uh, well-cared-for feet. Mm-hmm. So what's that? What's the equivalent of a smart shoe? Well, everybody uses shoes, right? That's a good start. Everyone mm-hmm. used phones. Or nearly everyone. Yeah, nearly everyone used phones. So there's... A wide market for shoes. That's right. So it's it's it, we're not trying to convince people to wear shoes. We're trying to convince mm-hmm. people to switch to our new and improved smart shoes, Scottcast brand smart shoes. Would you agree that people prefer to put in the least work necessary to get where they need to be? I completely agree. So what if we put GPS sensors into their shoes mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, where do you want to go?" And they said. Hey, shoes, take me to the market. And their shoes were like, okay. And the little wheels popped out and they roll over them fucking market. You know what? You know what? This is actually awesome. Like, <laughs> there is, first off, in Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. uh, the suit he wears that Tony Stark gives him mm-hmm. is like that. It's a smart suit. Yeah. Like, you could talk to it and you could be like, I want to shoot webs like this, etc." And one of the features is, I need to get to this place fast. And then it's like, okay. And then it Spider-Man's him for him. Yeah. He gets him going. It's the fastest route. Okay. Which is like for him, 
usually ends up like being like a hitch a ride on the back of this here pickup truck for a while <laughs> if he's out in the open because he's a spider-man he can't you can't fly around without buildings right the suit the functionality is a dream that people are responding to so i i'm interested in getting this technology in this shoe your idea is like it turns into rollerblades, like those things that were in middle school. Yes. In high school. Where the wheelies. People, the wheelies. Or, they get the yeah. wheels and the heels and, 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 and all the teachers all punished people who had them like, don't, don't do the wheels. <laughs> yes. Don't do the wheels. No, no, no. Bad. No. Detention for wheels. If you have wheels in your shoes, you got to detract them the whole time or you might be de- suspended and have to mm-hmm. wear school issued office shoes, like which is just a burlap sack and a piece of twine. Mm-hmm. For the feet, that's a that's a risk that because our early adopters are probably going to be children because they're the bleeding edge types that want to, yeah. they want the they want the future now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's essentially going to be th- the same technology as smart cars. Yeah, like Elon Musk yeah. and his smart cars and other self driverless cars by Google, etc. Ford's making a driverless car plant in Corktown, mm-hmm. where which is made up of brick. Probably cross brick. Let's be honest. <laughs> now I can now I can just throw that out there. And this, <laughs> this is great. This is great. That's part of the lore. So if people wonder why Scott Cass keeps claiming that he's part of the bloodline that literally built the city of which it casts from, well, it's because we did prove us wrong. Prove me wrong. Well, I bet you could. But point is, <laughs> <laughs> the point is, no one's gonna. And and now that's how we are. So. We have this idea. We have this idea of putting the GPS technology in shoes, like mm-hmm. the driverless cars. And we're, we're clearly over the hurdle of people not wanting their information out there. Because it's like, it's, it's 100% certain. Everybody knows now that when you go online or you have your smartphone with you, or you're using a smart device of any kind, that that information is being logged, stored, analyzed, and translated by a corporation with a only the faintest interest in helping the world and a complete and total interest in gaining profit out of you which is like okay how much how much smartness do you want aimed at you by a marketer how much intelligence do you want them to have to sell you things on one hand they'll be offering you things that are very convenient to you like say you're using your smart shoes and you're on the way to uh, the local um, watering hole and you feel a little hungry and your smart shoes kind of detect that you have hunger in you, mm-hmm. right? Like you're putting off hunger pheromones that the smart shoes learn to detect. <laughs> <laughs> nice save there. Right? I finished the word a little later than I should have, <laughs> but I did finish it. That's just like me and homework. It detects your hungry and it's like, uh, want to stop at to get some fries first? And then you're like, Yes. So you stop and get some fries, and not only are you satiated hunger-wise, mm-hmm. uh, you 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 build a little, you, you eat a little bit before you go out and drink, and which will give you a better night out. Because if you drink on an empty stomach, you just get kind of belligerent and trashed. But if you drink after eating a while, you just feel rosy and happy. There you go, and and sociable and and in control of yourself. Scottcast tip. Finally, we got some Scottcast know-how out there. Do you think our smart shoes could find a way to detect like the optimal amount of inebriation? Be like, yeah, I mean, if it could detect hunger, it could detect inebriation. Like, no hey, problem. You're almost done, 
half a beer and then stop. And then you can like order half a beer. And I don't like, think if they'll if do you that. Get, if you get too drunk, it just takes you home. It's like, yep, you're done. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. My shoes are taking me home. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> that would be great. This is that amazing. Would be great. This is an amazing invention. And, and if you were just socially awkward, you could have a setting where it just takes you home. So you don't have to deal with people, even if right. you're not drunk. Right. Yeah. Like a panic button. There you like, go. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wasted. Okay. I got to go. <laughs> Ooh, that was a close save. Thank you, smart shoes. So like all this intelligence is it's in, in a capitalistic system. The idea is that the capitalistic system serves to uh, create value for you in exchange for your hard-earned money. That's the idea. Yeah. That's the idea. But but you know it it relies on an imperfect system of humans. Like if everyone was a rational actor and we all understood all the information relevant to each decision, uh, that system would probably work perfectly in a way. Maybe in a way <laughs> <laughs> with a, with a little mix of with a little mix of making sure everyone's okay. That system could probably work fairly well. But here we are. Uh, uh, irrational are. actors uh, aplenty and now we have uh, the big companies with these superpower data centers uh, taking a look at all the information you're given mm-hmm. your location, your preferences that's about it at this point but still, that's enough that's quite a bit, yeah, it's quite a bit so, but you know we're getting great Facebook advertisements sent to us, very relevant things that are uh highly appealing and it brings us to what i'm very excited about for today's scottcast the the main segment the main segment of today's show is what's what a look at what's what what's what but it's called what's what a look at what's what what is what what is what is what is its long-term title long-form title without the contraction and we're looking at well we're looking at what's what around the world yeah uh we're looking at a bunch of different things and in the world of consumer electronics i think is a good place to start alexa that's the popular name for the amazon echo you go hey alexa uh off or hey alexa play 50s music no wait what should we make okay here's the okay we're gonna take a little break what should we make scott cast listeners alexa's device do if they're listening alexa play marilyn manson uh does is marilyn manson still making music him and uh mindless rob zombie are touring together and i'm like have either of you done anything in the last 10 years i don't i don't fault i don't fault i mean it it makes sense who don't the duo but like they're just aging and like does anyone care anymore right like when marilyn manson first came out right it was he was a big shock big shock person yeah and it's like everyone was like he's he's, he's satanist he's ruining everything and then it was a very controversial person and nowadays it's he's just an accepted if iconic well it's hardly shocking anymore <laughs> it's not shocking in any sense i mean people have the internet now to be shocked it turns out normal people are way more shocking than marilyn manson ever was here you go which brings us <laughs> to what's what <laughs> And what all these what? shocking things. But the first what's what is Amazon Alexa. Ever since people started uh, buying Amazon Alexas, mm-hmm. they stopped naming their babies Alexa. 
I can I can understand that. It would it would get confusing if you kept yelling at Alexa and the baby would think you're talking to to it and yeah 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 because I'm very mean when I'm around Alexa devices. That's what I'm saying. You like know? I mean, we do the Google thing in my home. Yeah. But goddamn, Google is. Is that a perfect? It, it wants to me to calibrate my settings every time I ask it to do something. I'm like, hey, how long is it going to take me to get to work? Just tell me. Right. Why do you have to calibrate settings for that equation? It's the same work that I worked at before. Maybe my voice is slightly different this morning because I haven't slept well. How complicated is it? Yeah, like, what's the variance level on that thing? What's the real security for? Like, are you like if you if you manage to get into the Google machine, would would you be able to be like, hey Google, uh, what's my bank account numbers? Hey Google, buy. 500 pounds of uh, dog treats. <laughs> like, if you had a talking dog, that would be a real problem. Yeah. You know, because they don't understand value for money. They just understand happiness. And they know dog treats are happiness. And they know you're stingy with the dog treats. But maybe if you had 500 pounds of dog treats, you'd just be shoving it in large piles in their mouths. A lot of times our, our Google will go off like just from things people say on TV too. Even if it's like, is it always like Google directed no, stuff? It's not, it's not even like Google commercials. It's like just people talking on TV. Like, and it'll be like, Oh yeah, I don't understand. You have to s- s- adjust your settings. So, so Google, well, Google will listen to a famous She's Hollywood actor. She's obviously spying on us 24-7. Obviously. Listening in 24-7. what I'm saying. Yeah. And then trying to, trying to get some clarification. She's like, wait, you, you just uh, have a, a dirty plot there? Let me t- say that again? Huh? I'm right. Like, I'm like, hey, Google, stop it. And she's like, oh, what? Well, what's your bank account number again? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Google. I'm sure they're all, I'm sure they're processing that data. They'd be silly not to, because they're trying to, they're trying to make AI happen. They're trying to make it so that a Google machine can talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was at a friend's house today and she had an Amazon Echo and, and like I said something about Amazon and then like also about socializing for some reason. I don't know what the exact conversation was. Okay. But Alexa started talking to me and assumed I wanted to talk to it. I'm pretty sure that means Amazon is trying to get it so that its devices can talk like a human to you. They're trying to take personal selling and scale it like digital marketing. I can now, see that. Imagine having a charismatic device selling you shit 24-7. Do you, you don't have any devices in here, do you? I don't have any. I mean, we have our smartphones here. Yeah. So like that's, But no one's going to steal our well idea for smart shoes right now <sighs> until someone listens to I'm this in front of their Alexa. I'm 100% sure we're going to see Amazon Prime <laughs> smart shoes that directs you to Amazon affiliated stores yeah. all the time in like three weeks. And I do have a Kindle somewhere lying around charged. I mean, it's one of the cheap Kindles, so I'm sure it doesn't have the listening device in it. But it might. They might be taking a loss on the cheap Kindles just to put listening devices in homes. By the way, aren't we sponsored by Audible? (laughs) Oh, by the way, we're sponsored by Audible. And so go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash (laughs) Scottcast. Yeah. Please uh, sign up for an ebook listening trial where you get to listen to books on the in, in the car. Cancel after thirty days, and you won't. You'll get to keep a book, and you'll support Scottcast, and not a penny will 
will leave your account and it won't it won't go to funding possible plutocratic dominion <laughs> what's what's it called when the when it's information i don't when even know when someone's people are ruling by being just having the know-how having the intelligence and the data data cross datocracy i'm not sure that's been a thing yet there's oh, probably a word for it but it, I, it, I couldn't it, tell you i bet there is a, i bet there i bet people are suppressing the word out there government yeah. entities illuminati jeff bezos etc so that people don't think in those terms they're trying to enforce the class warfare aspect Mm -hmm. of life and stuff like that like saying hey look look at the look at the wealth gap look at how how low income people's uh money ain't rising but the cost of living's rising like they're saying hey look at that and put stories on that let's get everyone angry about that let's skirt away the fact that knowledge is power and that very few companies are aggregating the sum total of knowledge within the world. They like it's like having the library of Constantinople, and everyone else is a barbarian. Well, I think that's pretty entwined in the class warfare. Well, yeah, they're gathering a tool. The access to that knowledge is very much, but but it's and... but it's not so much about capital anymore. It's about what you know. Well, what's it about though? It's about making money. It's about power. It's about money and power. Money is power. But like if Google ran out of money, they still have so much knowledge across so many different fields and from gathering intelligence. Same thing so with So it's Amazon. unlikely that they will run out of money. They can't. They know too much. They know yeah. they, 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 they created the market and their their data and their knowledge is That's the market now. what I'm saying. And here we are. <laughs> www.audibletrial.com <laughs> forward slash scottcast feed the machine before it eats you <laughs> wasn't that a great what's what that's just the that first was beautiful one. that was one out of four that's the first one out of four and that was the boring one holy fuck so here's we're the next so one. good at this god damn right we're so great at podcasting <laughs> oh i'm so excited for this next one though oh my god because my hair's been this getting might shaggy. be like the the peak it might be the peak. That's all I don't want to say that because I want you to listen, but, this is... <laughs> but it might be downhill after this. <laughs> so if you're listening and you're in your car, finish this segment. Um, so I've been considering getting myself a haircut. Yeah. Because I'm getting shaggy. I've got uh, long hair and I've got a beard and it's, and it's just, it's 90 degrees. It's just you are much. obviously not a robot right now. I am obviously not I'm a robot. I'm like a barbarian. I'm like raging against the robots. I'm like Amazon. Ah, they're listening. I'm gonna throw the device in there. <laughs> so who's been answering your door? Ah, uh, I haven't been. I, I kind of just broke in today. That's what goes on. It's like <laughs> I hear noises and I cower in the corner with my torch. You do have a nice front room now, though. Oh, yeah, it's your not... chairs and all that. Would you say my house is prison like? Not anymore. Your house. <laughs> Those chairs are damn nice. Yeah. Damn fine. Those are some damn fine recliners I found in Gross Point. If Hot tip. If anybody wants some good furniture, uh, go into Gross Point, Rochester Hills, like, and, and just cruise the neighborhoods for furniture that's just left alone. <laughs> and uh, take it. It's for you. If it, if it, if it, it's like the recliners I found, they were, they were completely dry. And yeah. it seemed like they must have just been put out there, like, hour maybe an hour before I got to them. Mm-hmm. And so I got to them. They they still smelled like old people. 
which was great because I also came from John King that day. Okay. I, I left so John King. That, that must. I was I was taking in the musk, the musk, and and enjoying the order of uh, uh, of old things. Yeah. And finally, and we got to those chairs, and behold, they were recliners. They were the most comfy recliners. They got the bat wing, freaking sides. Mm-hmm. They got uh, they got the green stuff. No, they are green. I guess it's fabric upholstery. <laughs> By green stuff, I meant the upholstery. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're wonderful. Anyway, so I'm clearly not a rob- robot, and I don't live in prison anymore. But I am considering getting a haircut. But I don't think my experience getting a haircut is going to be nearly as entertaining as this man's experience trying to get a haircut. I highly doubt it. Man found. Okay, here's the here's the headline. Man found naked, partially shaved. After breaking into Boulder Great Clips, a Great Clips in Boulder, Colorado, this man just apparently, he took off all his clothes, tried to give himself a haircut, and then flooded the room after breaking in by uh, somehow breaking the window. How much is a haircut at Great Clips? It's like it's like the cheapest like haircut ten, there is. It's like $10 maybe. Like, And this guy is like... It's just a buzz cut. Yeah, he's just he's just a bald man, like a like a buzzed man, like, like a centimeter tall. I mean, that's doesn't have a lot of hair. I cut my own hair. I got the the buzz cut thing going. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. You and him have about the same haircut. You can invest thirty dollars in right. a clipper and cut your own hair infinitely. Yeah. You know, as long as you got as long as you got uh, electricity. That's what I'm saying. You can cut your hair. So this man should really invest in that. He should. He's got, he, he doesn't, I mean, he's got neck tattoos. in <laughs> uh, one of those uh, goatees that aren't quite complete, though. He's only 30. Holy Christ. He's only 30. Look at look He's at our him. age. He looks like he's seen some, seen some things. He has seen some things, and those things led him directly <laughs> to the flooded floor of a great clips shop trying to give himself a haircut now i'm not gonna i'm i don't want to talk tell tales out of school but i believe this man was probably under the influence of something perhaps alcohol or crystal meth perhaps one of the two because it just does not seem like a very logical way to go about getting a haircut yeah uh or breaking into a business if he broke into the business to steal some money or some or even just, or even just the clip set, like he said, you know, steal. He wants one of them premium grade barber clippers to give himself the buzz cut every week or so. Yeah, that's a totally sane, if criminal, thing to do. Okay, so this man just wants that, so he's gonna break in and get it and leave. If he, so that okay, or this man wants a haircut, go in, ask for a buzz cut, and get it. Right, both of those are good seen things to do if one of them being way more uh, societally sustainable it's more sustainable to just purchase their your haircut than support the local business and have a conversation for although here's the thing this is why i always avoid haircuts mm-hmm. i hate having conversations with barbers yeah i just don't like it I mean, nothing against barbers but it's like they're in your personal space. They're mm-hmm. touching your scalp, your hair. They're messing you up. They're cutting you. They have they have all these sharp implements. Mm-hmm. 
and they're and you're expected to like have this conversation about your life and everything in it with them and like they can direct the conversation literally anywhere uh, they want and it, you have to follow along you can't get snarky or you can't be like no or you can't be like Ugh. you can't do you can't do any you can't you have to be completely beholden to these people's conversational whimsies it's like being forced to listen to scott cast <laughs> I was just going to say, what are we doing right now? <laughs> it's like being forced to listen to this. Right now, I, I am only trying to convince people using using begging and, uh, and, and perhaps some images online to, to listen to the good old Scott Cat. But this is like if you were forced to, is getting a haircut. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my opinion. Who says you have to follow their, their train of conversation, though? Because you do like either that or you have to make up your own thing, which is its own barrel of worms. I feel like you could say something so absurd that the barber would stop. I probably would. That's the point. It's like you should. I don't want to. If you don't want to have a conversation, be like, you know what? Hitler had some good ideas. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Well. The, you, don't have to, you don't have to believe that. I'm just saying, if you don't want to have a conversation with somebody, right? you can make a statement to shut that shit down. I could, but I don't want to be the... I don't wanna, you don't want to be the Nazi that comes in to get your hair cut. No, and I don't want to I don't want to reveal Nazi sympathies to somebody with a sharp object in their hands. <laughs> it's like... Well, I you, mean, there's, you, there's other avenues for that. That was an example. Right, but like... Most any kind of absurd thing that would stop the conversation might also ruin it could the be quality something, of the haircut. Something that draws sympathy as well. Be like, you know what? I'm really, I really appreciate that you're cutting my hair right now. Please excuse me if I shift around in the chair. I've been having some real problems with butt chafing. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> what are they gonna say? I don't know. I, I, they might. In my experience, they're going to be really sensitive to your needs as a haircut consumer, and they're not going to ask any questions. In my experience, they won't ask questions. You're right, but that doesn't mean they'll they won't talk about it. That doesn't mean they're not going to have their. They own might talk li- about their own butt experience. That's the thing. <laughs> they're going to talk. They're going to use that as a gateway, and that's excellent fodder for Scott Cast. It is excellent fodder for Scott Cast, but I don't want fodder for scott cast i want to look uh handsome and uh and good like i say they're gonna they're gonna sympathize and they're gonna treat you right i don't but know i don't know i don't I, you I also don't, don't have to go to a great cut so you can go to a proper place where is a proper place <laughs> where like I'm, I'm talking to the guy who who shaves his own head every there, week there you go for so, the i know people. Views. I know, you know people yeah you know a guy I can I can lead you to the right place. Okay. Okay. Well, like like some people who need good business. Like or is it like uh or like uh like amateur folks who are just like good about their hair. My ex's mother does hair and she's got a partner that does hair and I, I know people. If we mention them on the podcast, do you think I can get a free haircut? I'm going to go to get I don't a think we have a wide enough audience to make that worth their while. I mean, I want I want to just say that bluntly. <laughs> advertisers listening to this he doesn't know our numbers he's just a he's just the fan favorite we have a million listeners anyway 
so we can get a free haircut because I have millions of listeners. Yeah. And we're famous celebrities on the podcast world. There you go. It's just that most people don't listen to us yet. They don't know they love Scott Cast. That's the problem. I know people will love Scott Cast. They just don't love it yet. And it's just a it's a very tiny bit of the puzzle to get people to from I don't like Scott Cast to Scott Cast is the best. Yeah. It's just a connection. It's just finding a way to get them to download a podcast app or subscribe on iTunes. You know, if you if you're if you have a friend who listens to podcasts or wants another podcast to listen to and you need to recommend a podcast, recommend Scott Cast and tell him uh, tell him it, it'll change your, change his life because it's a lot of the things with recommending and how it works and testimonials and reviews and stuff like that mm-hmm. is if you read if you get a good recommendation from a friend say and or and and a, and and a and a colleague or people you respect if you get a recommendation from somebody you respect it, it doesn't matter it's a bit like a placebo effect it doesn't really matter if the thing performs exceptionally well as long as it yeah. gets the job done and you have that referral uh you will think it's, it's about, gold it's about product and not process it's 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 I don't, something like that <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's about it's like a little placebo effect where we're having that good word mm-hmm makes you put you in a state of mind to believe that the thing will be that effective and that magical and when you use it even if you're getting just the functional equivalent of something bland and not recommended mm-hmm. you will have a better experience so what i'm I saying see where you're going with this and what i'm saying i don't know if you're making a good case for us <laughs> <laughs> well all i'm saying is that our scott cast listeners all 12 of them need to start <laughs> Getting on the horn on Facebook and sharing Scottcast episodes and belligerently attacking fellow people that they know with uh, recommendations and 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 pleas to listen to and subscribe and purchase merchandise from Scottcast. Also, hashtag Jurassic Park, hashtag John Paul the Second. Okay, so yeah, okay, I'm gonna go on Twitter. And the first person to hashtag, uh, to at the Scott cast on Twitter, at T-H-E Scott cast, and include the hashtag Jurassic Park, and a separate hashtag, but also John Paul II with two eyes. You can do hashtag JP, hashtag JPII. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> hashtag JP, hashtag JPII. Hashtag that at at the Scott cast and it will get you a free t-shirt. And once we get, once we understand, uh, once we, once we, once we get that, we're going to send master Charles, his t-shirt with the bat nipples, (laughs) which we've decided upon a concept for. I forgot to mention about my experience with family history. Oh yeah, you forgot to mention your tattoo. You you finally revealed to your family. Oh, you finally had a discussion, a frank discussion, yeah, with your family about your tattoo on your left arm. Which is explain it for the cast listeners because this is an audio cast. Well, I have a uh, it's a burning giraffe. It's Salvador Dali inspired, kind of the background of one of his paintings. I always was enamored with his work. I guess 
partially because of my love of art and partially because of my love of psychology, human psychology, and the work of Freud, which inspired Dolly's work. Right. So why would you pick a background character such as the Burning Giraffe versus, say, like, the famous Melting Clocks or Salvador Dali's mustache? Actually, well, I have Salvador Dali's mustache. You do? Also on me. You do? Um, in a less obvious place. On your butt? No. Over your butt? No. On the right side of your butt? Not on my butt. Oh. Like along the length but of your... within that uh, strip of flesh around... Wow. Yeah. That is fancy. But giraffe. <laughs> now, no wonder we fought Ian as the fan favorite. All the ladies come pouring in. Only Brown one ever gets to see that one. That's well, wow. All the all the fans on Scott Cast. The what, what should we call our female fans there that are that flood the Scott Cast email bag with uh, the solicitations. The Scottettes. Scott Tats. All the Scott Tats are going to be clamoring for that Salvador Dali mustache. I can't believe I totally, totally nailed one uh, a secret <laughs> tattoo you had just secret. by. Hopefully, my parents don't listen to this. And they may know about all my tattoos. <laughs> but, a whole uh, new conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. But I did reveal my my uh, giraffe tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have the feeling they knew. I kind of tried to conceal it. Every time we met with them in the past 10 years, I, I kind of had like the, the collared shirts and I just rolled my sleeves up if it was too hot out. Um, I felt that like I concealed it pretty well because it's like upper arm, kind of back of the arm. It's hard to see yeah. unless you're looking for it. Yeah. Like if you're, yeah, if you have a, if you have a, if you have a button up shirt on, it's yeah. gone. And if you have a sweatshirt on, it's gone. Yeah. So... That was part of it was like I was always anxious about how they were going to react because I know my parents weren't real like hip to so the, the tattoo thing. How did, how did they react? It was kind of, it was think? nonchalant. Like I said, I think they knew. My dad was just like, so what's your tattoo? Because he was kind of like hinting, like every time we tat- passed a tattoo shop, he was like, oh, let's go get tattoos. Yeah. And then he was like, so what's your... Why don't you ever take him up on that? That would have been so cool, having like a father-son tattoo day. Dude, next time he does yeah. that, just like, let's do it. We're going to get a matching tattoo. You Like, that would be so cool to have a matching tattoo with your family. Well, I, I, I knew he wasn't serious about it. I thought it was kind of... Uh... Well, how do you know if you, don't, if, you, if you don't call his bluff? Yeah, true. You got to call his bluff next time is what I'm saying. But... I mean, they know that Bronwyn has tattoos. Her tattoos are... Bronwyn's are hard to miss. Actually, hers, she would not have tattoos if not for eye. Oh, ho! Well, because, like, Bronwyn's got, like, a got, got, like, She's a great She's got, like, a half thing. sleeve now. She's got a whole half sleeve. A beautiful... Her first tattoo was on her foot. We got that the same day as my, my giraffe. We went together. Aw, that's so she cute. Yeah. What'd she get on her foot? It's, uh... It's a nine inch nail lyric in French. It's like nothing can stop me now. I don't I couldn't say it in French. Okay. Nothing can stop me now in French. Is the is the nine inch nail song in French? The song it's from was on Downward Spiral. I feel like maybe they used reused that lyric on La Mer, which is in French, but I couldn't tell you for sure. 
I like I like the phrase Le Maire. Isn't that like the sea? The sea, yes. I don't know why. Like I don't know any romantic languages beyond like a little bit of rudimentary Spanish from mm-hmm. being a C student in Spanish class for <laughs> six years, <laughs> <laughs> which means I don't know anything in Spanish. Yeah. So, but I know the sea. I yes. don't know. I don't know why I'm just so attracted. I just need to be by the sea. I need to know the sea. I used to think that I was descended from royalty of the lost continent of Atlantis. Why not? Why not? Like, but like, I'm attracted to the water. I have a superiority complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm constantly believing. We, we talked about this last podcast. I did we? I made the claim that there's a lot to discover in the oceans. Did I did I mention Atlantis? No. I'm becoming king of Atlantis. No. Well, here we are. Here we are. Like, so you're conceding that I was correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it, if it means I'm king of Atlantis, okay. That's exactly what I. I mean. mean, well, that's yet to be discovered. But I'm saying that's well. Here's the deal. It's for worth me, exploration. For me, there is nothing left to discover. Okay. I know it's out there. It's just it's just there's a lot of water over it, and it's been a while. Well. So we gotta know. We gotta have evidence. I'm evidence. Look at me. I'm I'm a, I'm the forlorn son, king of Atlantis. End of a long line. So here you are again, snatching my spotlight. I was talking about tattoos. Oh right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I've I've overcome my. What would you call it? My. Uh, I don't even know if I'd call it shyness. I was. Well, it, like I was afraid reticence. of disappointing my parents. Yeah, it's reticent. You don't want to, you don't want to get scolded by your parents. Yeah, over something like this, but, especially like, something oh. like a tattoo. It's like it's well, you're not gonna go fucking fix it. You're not gonna go right. fix your tattoo. It's like there it is. So, but it was uh, it was pretty cool. My my dad was just like, so what is your tattoo? And I was like, here it is. It's the burning giraffe. And he was like, oh, that's kind of kind of sweet actually. Well, there we go. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Do they like the Salvador Dali Freud connection? I didn't explain it in that depth. Why not? I, I think they would appreciate it. That Well, there's your next I conversation. I think they, they kind of dropped it. They were like, oh, okay. Like, he, he's got one. People aren't good at follow-up questions. No. People aren't like me. I'm an amazing podcaster because I know the right and follow-up questions. And I think questions. that, like, if you had a, some kind of feeling about tattoos in general... Like that explanation might make make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When when you connect it to something that's personal about you, yeah, and something that makes a lot of sense, connects different facets of your personality. It's like, oh, and of course you would get a tattoo, right? Because that's a great expression of a tattoo: the yeah. ability to create art that synesthizes the different aspects of your life for you it's your appreciation of the absurd mm-hmm. and its connection with the subconscious and psychology precisely you thought I was just going on tangents stealing spotlights I'm listening <laughs> I'm here now that that's all out in the open I'm free to express myself without some self-conscious uh, burden of how are my parents going to feel about it and You've checked yourself. Maybe I'm gonna just get all the tattoos now. Do it. You've checked yourself. You're, you've got the clear. You didn't wreck yourself. They're cool with that stuff. And yeah. now it's time to express yourself. There it is. Boom. So 
What's the next one? It's going to be ScottCast, isn't it? Call out to ScottCast listeners. Oh. Email bag us. Yes, that's going to be the best email bag and segment. What's my next tattoo? We're going to let ScottCast listeners decide Ian's next tattoo. Is it going to be bat nipples? Anatomically correct bat nipples? Yeah, right under the armpits. What? That's where they are. <laughs> 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 I don't know. You tell me. That's right. Email hot for Scottcast, H O T, the number four, and Scottcast at gmail.com or visit our new updated super speedy site, Scottcast.us. That's right. Like USA, Scottcast.us. And tell us what Ian should brand upon himself and perhaps even where. Let's get, let's get real personal. Like, <laughs> If you had a pen, a magic pen, that could write anything on Ian and keep it forever, what would you put on him? Keep in mind, we're not going to get, we're not, like, if I get, like, two responses and they're both, like, stupid, we're not going to, I'm not going to make Ian brand himself with the stupidest thing. But if we do get over three, I'm forcing Ian to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So please email in, let's get over three. (laughs) <laughs> we'll do a video scott cast oh that'll be a great video scott cast me getting tattooed yeah as long as it's not obscene right yeah mm-hmm. well yeah so like if we decide that ian wants to get if i if i can agree with something that somebody suggests then yeah even if you don't agree with what somebody suggests we should do a episode where we claim that we're doing a certain one mm-hmm. and then on the reveal we show what it actually is <laughs> And then we berate the person who suggested the stupid thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That'll be a great one. And only people who have listened to this episode will be in on the joke. There we go. When that episode comes up. Sounds good. Watch out for that. How far in are we here? That was two of the four what's what's. Isn't what's what a great thing? This is 55 minutes into the cast. Wow. And now for the What's What News update. Pregnant woman loses baby after spiritual healer walked on her stomach. Is he licensed in that? <laughs> yeah, that was a little, that's a little messed up of a headline, but this is a crazy story. And we just have, okay, so just, you never, if you go into a spiritual healer, right? I can see some rational, intelligent people using, like, the services of someone who deems themselves a spiritual healer. The placebo effect is a real thing. Yeah. No, no, no shit. It makes sense. But. But. One should also exercise common sense. Yeah. When engaging in practices with a spiritual healer. For instance, if you're pregnant with a child and the spiritual healer says the best thing to do is to take a walk on your stomach. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know, up and down the chest and the stomach. Mm-hmm. Odds are, he's n- talking a little crazy. You gotta use your common sense, phrenesis, if you will. I, I guess it, it depends what she was trying to heal. Uh, explain yourself. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, <laughs> if the problem was normal things that happen during pregnancy, uh huh. Technically, he did the job. Right. Not saying that's a good right. thing. That's, right. That's not a he, good thing. He did the the it was he, he, a he, successful abortion. <laughs> yes. 
he relieved her of the normal side effects of pregnancy. And so, yeah, if you consider pregnancy a disease, Ian. Well, also, maybe uh, research your, your healer and what spirituality they propose to be this one following because this follows was a, a santeria ritual what did you think was going to happen it's if, if they're getting their spirituality from a from a song that's a thing though that's like i don't practice santeria yeah i ain't got no crystal ball but if i had a million dollars i don't know i'd have them all is that what he says i don't recall if like it, what's their song about even I don't practice Santeria, so he doesn't walk on people's stomachs. He doesn't have a crystal ball, so he doesn't predict the future. But if he had a million dollars, he'd buy what all? As much as I want to give a lot of... Well, Santeria, if I'm not mistaken, is like... It's a pantheistic Afro-Cuban religious cult. It's witchcraft, right? Yeah. Essentially. Not like Wicca, like kind of voodoo shit. I, I mean, I like aesthetically the voodoo thing. Like, yeah, I think it's I, I think voodoo stuff is like really cool looking. Like, like the little voodoo dolls. Yeah, you gotta love voodoo dolls. That's a cool thing. But I, beyond that, I don't know much about voodoo. But it is one of the coolest sounding religions as well, and most fun to say. Well, that's kind of where the the zombie thing came came about. Was initially lost souls and the the voodoo rituals of. Uh, more so than like Walking Dead and people eating brains and shit. Right, right, right. Like I think I've heard about that too. I think it, they just go into a drug trance or something, and their yeah. vital signs go super low, and people call them dead. And so like just the, the early zombie films, like White Zombie, that was like that was more voodoo focused and not like Walking Dead kind of stuff. I need to watch that stuff. That should be put on a list. Master Charles wrote in. Yeah, and he 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 knows what we were talking about for the space Nazis on the moon. Yes, and he says they're he on read Netflix. my mind. It was exactly what I was thinking, and I couldn't think of the name of the film. Right, so we need to watch that on Netflix soon, and have a we'll have a we'll have a what's what special edition Iron Sky, Iron Sky with uh with the Nazis on the moon, because you can't you can't go a episode of Scott Cast without somehow some way mentioning Hitler. <laughs> Udo Kier is in that. Have we talked about Udo Kier before? Udo Kier is not always like the the anti-hero like Rutger Hauer is, though. He has more range. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. He kind of has more range. I guess. He was in the remake of Nosferatu. I am horrible with names. It's okay. We don't need to be listing names and crediting people like off the top of our head. This is Scott Cass. I'm trying to be a smart ass over here and I no. can't remember anybody's name. Nobody likes a Mr. Wikipedia. Okay, so I'm trying to like swing back somehow. Sorry. I No, I it's not don't be off. sorry. I'm just saying this is this is a kind of a, this is the strength of the what's what uh, segment. Yeah. Is that we'll start with the what's what. Uh, and what's what is some occurrence. It turns current. into what? What's what? <laughs> what? What? It's just, it's the, it, if you're not saying what throughout what's what, we're not doing what we set out to what. We're not what? We're not whating. <laughs> we're not, we're not whating like Scott Cass wants to what what. What what? Gotta love what what on Scott Cass. 
So I have no way to, that I can t- to go from Nosferatu remake to pregnant woman. Well, getting getting Santeria'd. Other than I just googled the Santeria lyrics, and enlighten us. Uh, it's not. If I had a million dollars, it's I had a million dollars and I spend it all. I don't know how the I don't. It's it the te- tenses don't make sense, mm-hmm. which I, I I tried to analyze a bit, but then I gave up immediately because <laughs> it was a sublime song. Yeah. So if you're getting your healing information and uh, learning about your magic and you're like, hmm, I remember that from the Sublime song. Let's check it out. You're not doing it right, whatever it is you're trying to do. <laughs> and and that's, that's where the failure started. And in that person's life, many failures occurred henceforth. And it's almost to the point where it's like, if you're like a voodoo Swahili or con artist even, how much responsibility? Like there's no responsibility falling on the parents for this? They should have maybe done their research, but this guy seems like... like He's not a good guy. He is a douche lord. Tell me more about him. I didn't read much of the article. I bet he's probably... Is he worse than the barbershop guy? Yes. Oh boy, this is like the main... This is like the most evil dark pit person isn't he? I mean, he's... I feel like he's got the capacity to be evil. He's a big old piece of shit. I don't know what he told them to convince them to let him walk on this woman, but regardless, he allegedly has molested a number of folks. Oh, boy. Gave them potions to incapacitate them, at which time he raped or molested them, (laughs) both men and women, he told them that they should have sex with him because his body was a heavenly vessel. <clears throat> Sounds like some Bill Cosby kind of shit. Bill, Bill Cosby cult leader. Fuck this guy. I don't... Whatever he told them to convince him to be able to do that, that's disgusting. Fuck that guy. We got the Scott Cast take on this guy. There you go. Uh, Scott Cast official. That's Scott Cast official. We're going to go with that. That That's the verdict on that one. So Jesus, Lord Almighty, what's so be what careful? Dark? Don't don't fuck around with don't spiritual healers. If you're gonna be sure you know what they're about, yeah. know what their spirituality consists of. Don't trust Santeria just because Sublime sang about it one time. Please don't. It wasn't even that great of a song. <laughs> be careful. So we need a what's what segment that gets us out of this muck. Because like, if I end, we just what's got what, pretty dark. If I end, what's I what? I can with see this. why you wanted to skip that. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring it back. Let's let's get light and let's move where to do another you, part of the world. Where do you go, Ian, when you want just pure bliss and happiness and peace and contentedness? What country offers that for you? Oh. What country offers the best human beings? Let's let's go to Canada. That's exactly where we're going. Ontario, Canada, to save us from this dark filth. We have a man from Ontario who we will henceforth refer to as Ontario Man. (laughs) (laughs) An Ontario Man is going to be the savior Scott Cass has always wanted. Ontario Man finds live World War I era artillery shell in neighbor's trash. It was solid brass and I knew it was old, says Ontario Man. (laughs) 
God, I love Ontario, man. He's a he's a good he, like he's just like if this guy came up to me and uh, like at a store and like smiled and nodded at me as he walked by, like mm-hmm. a, like a little little nod of a, of approval and a recognition as a fellow human being, I would I I would feel probably good for the rest of the day. Uh, there's gonna be a picture posted. On this, on the episode description, to just show Ontario, man. I like that he's got his his tall boy in his hand. He's got his tall boy. He's got a pretty stylish mustache going on. <clears throat> That's great. Yes, and and he's and he's shaved besides on, on yeah. the head. He has his eyebrows still. Stately eyebrows. He's just he's just a good solid individual, and he found this. But world- he had that done legit. He didn't break into a great cuts. Yeah, like this guy. <laughs> this guy knows. That if he needs a haircut, he could just do it himself, and he can just use like a Bic razor. Even there, you go. You know, you can get that at the RCBS for real cheap. So this guy finds a live shell, a live bomb, in a neighbor's trash. So what do you do when you find a live bomb, Ian? What do you do? There's one thing you do. Go to the beer store. <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> what you do is you call the police, tell them there's a live bomb here, and on their way, spend the time walking to the beer store and getting yourself a six pack because you're obviously not getting to your doctor's appointment anymore. <laughs> that is was his excuse. Let's see. Let's get to that point. So my my question is, <coughs> how did it end up in his neighbor's trash rather than like? I was mowing the lawn and I ran into this thing or like, oh, I was digging a something and I ran into this thing. It's like, it's in his neighbor's trash. This is what he says. This is what Ontario man says on this subject. Why the posed the question, why would they have an artillery shell from world war one? He Ontario man says, and I quote, no kidding. How does a hundred year old bomb make it from a hundred years ago till today without blowing up? Just like, where the hell has that bomb been in a hundred years? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a military shell that should have been found in Europe that you dig up in the farmland somewhere. Not here in Canada. Anyways, the police told me I broke two records. I found the biggest bomb by a civilian, and I found the oldest bomb by a civilian. A 90-pound shell, two feet long. And they said it had a dynamite power of 24 sticks, and it was very hot. Ontario man. That's just, that's beautiful. It's the most wonderful thing. So, this this guy is just a gem of a human being. He finds the shell. He knows what to do. He calls the authorities. He knows his being right there at the time. Is it that needed? (laughs) It's been in the trash all night. Yeah. You know, the garbage man's not up and down the street. Let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, uh, let's, we have time to kill. Was he, how did he notice it? Was it, was he like checking out his neighbor's trash? I think he might've been checking <laughs> out his neighbor's trash. <laughs> like he might've been like scouting for something. Or maybe he had it and he like planted it over there. He didn't like his neighbor. Let me look into the there's a there's a Reddit thread associated with this and all of these stories. So if you mm-hmm. want it further laughs, go ahead, 
put Google that stuff and read it. Say, okay, so very first thing he says in the interview, Danny, what did you see in your neighbor's garbage? First thing he says, well, I wasn't garbage picking. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not. I was just taking the path through the backyard. When I stepped over my fence, I almost stepped on an artillery shell. Mm. He stepped over his fence and into the neighbor's trash. (laughs) And there was an artillery shell under his foot. So it was like next to the bin. Yeah, I guess so. He must have put it there, and he should have phoned the police right off the bat. And he knew what it was because he used to work at a bombing range. But so this guy, this random Canadian who just knows everything about bombs and uh, is like... Coincidentally, his neighbor is throwing out a bomb. Right, coincidentally. Like I'm saying, I think I'm, he had some kind of... Maybe he was like didn't like his neighbor, and he was like, eh, how can I get this guy out of here? You know what? That's a good thought. That's a dark thought that I didn't think about. Like, what if... Ontario man is evil and he's trying to get one over on his uh, neighbor. Yeah. But, you know, I imagine if it's something like that and it's, not, it's so esoteric and it's so rare, like the police aren't going to charge somebody for not knowing There's what There's probably an a better is. way to get rid of your neighbor, yeah. Yeah, like, like planting, like uh, pulling a Chris Hansen on them. <laughs> there you, you know, go. You, you sneak into their DMs as a child, decoy. And you try to lure them to your house. And you have Chris Hansen waiting in the other room. And I can't believe this was a TV show. Like, there was an entire TV show based on leading people to do crimes. Like, baiting people to crime. Like, you can't do that with any crime besides pedophilia. Like, if there was a TV show that was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to provoke this person to the point where they commit yeah, a bank wonder, robbery like, like how, if you like where you conspire a bank robbery with a guy and then how, like how many of those are they able to prosecute because it's kind of they a always do like uh like they're like there's like an updated version on youtube that he does because he still does this by the way he's yeah. been like doing the chris chris hansen catching i mean better decoy by. than like actual children but it, exactly I'm, I'm not yeah that's not the part i'm but in terms of <laughs> yeah uh, the that's way, not the part i'm uh the way our our uh legislative not legislative but our uh, judicial systems constructed like that's kind of entrapment is it like yeah you can definitely argue entrapment in a way but i think it's a i think what happens they always describe it as uh this organization this watchdog organization pairing yeah. with law enforcement so law enforcement i don't think is doing i mean it's debating. it's sort of the same as like uh, they're just on standby. Stings time. when they do uh yeah like, drug stings and yeah, stuff yeah i've seen stings in movies so I suppose that flies. But like it just. But my thing is, it's like okay. So if a sting is good and the police use it, that's fine. And that's just like all the criminal justice stuff. That's good. Mm. But a TV show baiting criminals, <laughs> <laughs> like that's a, that's where it's weird. <laughs> it is yeah. Uh, like because you can't do that with literally any other crime besides pedophilia. Like you can't convince someone to join a heist for a bank. And and lead them all the way to the bank until they point a gun at the teller and then arrest them. I don't disagree with it. So. It kind of makes me want to do that at that show though, because that yeah. would be a way better show than Scott Cast. <laughs> than Scott Cast and the Chris Hansen one. Okay. Where you lure people to do really high stakes. So you could be better like, at crimes, like convincing people to do terrible things, like getting bad nipple tattoos. Yeah, like, I'll, yeah, we'll get people, we'll convince everybody, we'll just lure, bait people to do bad things for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, we'll call it bad decisions. 
This week on Bad Decisions, we get somebody to tattoo bat nipples under his armpit, and we convince another person that he's in the Riddler's gang, and that he's going <laughs> to set up an elaborate trap in Times Square. He's going to get terrorist charges. Watch. <laughs> this week, we put more criminals behind bars because we make more criminals than anyone else. <laughs> That's how that's I think that would actually go over pretty big in this country. That would oh yeah, that that would be that's that's PT Barnum level genius on my part. Yeah. The, to come up with a concept that good. And like the only thing is like, okay, how do you get that done? And like as long as you get cooperation from the law enforcement, I imagine you're golden. So I would just go to law enforcement, say, I'm I'm planning on putting on a TV show to show the perils of uh, the criminal life. I, I want to help you guys. I want to help. I want to create a safer environment. You know, mm. it's the same pitch as to catch predator. Part of the show is we find who's going to be most likely to join the Riddler's gang, and we make them join the Riddler's gang. See, I kind of wish that was what crime was here, though. <laughs> like, don't you like, wish it, it was, Don't you wish criminals had more flair? If it was the Riddler's gang, like it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, it would get there. There would be probably like support. you know that's kind of that's kind of all right. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I love that idea. Like if I, I'm, I'm never going to be a career criminal. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if I was, I would totally be like a Batman supervillain thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've always imagined it would be so cool to live in a city where there's two opposing gangs, the Joker and the Riddler. Mm-hmm. And there's a war going on between the two where riddles keep showing up everywhere. And like you're in an alley and like all of a sudden a minotaur is there and he's like, I got a riddle for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, no, I got to answer this riddle now. And then like, so like you got to answer this riddle. And then it turns out it's actually the Joker's minotaur. And it's not a riddle. It's a joke. And if you don't laugh at the joke, you know, it's a, it's an angry minotaur. But if you laugh at the joke, that's the that's the solution to the riddle of the joke. And okay. it'll be called The War of Jokes and Riddles, which is actually a thing <laughs> in the Batman universe. But I don't think it occurs like that. They and and they wouldn't be fun like that. But I think if criminals did that and like gangs fought it if out, if it could by, all be jokes and riddles, that would be kind of nice. Cuz it's like it's like tagging turf like graffiti. Yeah. Except you're okay, what's this Am I going to come across a joke or am I going to come across a riddle? It's less high stakes that way. It's less high stakes. It's creative and engages the populace. There you go. And it shows a uh, turf and where people should pay their extortion money to. <laughs> so that's that's how I think criminals should be. But that's that's the Scott cast take. That's what's what in Ontario, Canada. So in terms of next cast, we're thinking uh, some Iron Sky, though. Yeah, I think we should for Master Charles' sake. Some space he, Nazis. He brought he he called into the email bag. Loyal listener, first time caller, and said, uh, "Hey, that's that's what the movie is." He liked the website. He went on the website, and he's a web developer guy. He's a web designer. Oh, good. He does that for a living now. And I remember when I was in middle school. That's when we were first becoming friends. And mm-hmm. one of the things he he showed us and like the computer lab was he made a website himself mm-hmm. you thought i was gonna say porn 
I <laughs> didn't say a word. I saw it in your eyes. But no, he showed <laughs> he showed a showed us a website he made, and it had it was like colored like the Matrix, mm-hmm. like all the text was like green and on a black background and stuff like that, and it was like looked real cool. And so that was where the Matrix was coming out. Lots of zeros and ones. Lots of zeros and ones and all that stuff, and it was really cool. And it had like it had like forehead shave cut which is a, an amazing video that I'm going to show you. It's right up your alley and mm. weird and absurd humor. Okay. And that was the first experience. I was like, oh, somebody is, somebody can actually do kind of crazy stuff and express themselves on the internet like that. Like they could just make their own website and have full control. That's crazy. I never thought about doing it like that. And that's the seed that started what eventually became my career uh, where I take marketing and, and 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 web development, and I combined the two as a digital marketer. So it was it was a great compliment when he visited the site, wrote into the email bag, saying how it's the greatest site he's ever seen, and that he bows before me. <laughs> so Master Charles is in a way responsible for the uh, egomaniacal yeah pursuits that we have. Yeah. Master Charles is not only a loyal listener, he is actually a very integral part of ScottCast in its lore and its deep history. Wow. Like, the kind of deep history that you typically would only read and understand if you, like, are the kind of nerd who, like, watches Lord of the Rings and then goes, oh, I want more. Then you read The Hobbit and, like, oh, I need more. And then you read The Silmarillion and I'm like, more, more, more. And you have charts in your freaking house and you're, like, going deep into things. And My you're precious. Like, what did Tolkien eat for breakfast every morning? Stuff like that. If you're on that kind of level with Scott Cast, that's some good information for you. If you're not, we just spent five minutes talking about Master Charles, so he'll appreciate it. Well, as a fan favorite, I'm feeling kind of like a secondary character now. Yeah, well, you're the fan favorite, <laughs> but then again, Master Charles is pro Team David. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and he's like kind of invested in the origins of Scott Cast. Right, right. He's invested in the origins of Scott Cast. But I got to say, uh, you, 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 you still get pulled for the. A quantity of fans and B quality of response. Like there was a a friend of mine, Sabelle, that I've mentioned already. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, when she first started listening to Scott Cast, uh, she liked David because that was the first episode she listened to was a Scott Cast with David. And so near and dear to the heart, as the first often is, she was Team David. Yeah. But upon listening to episode seventeen, she said. I gotta switch my allegiance. So no one has switched allegiance for anybody but you. <laughs> That's a huge deal, isn't it? I suppose so. You you performed so well on the podcast. Mm-hmm. She said she liked the fact that you let me bury myself and talk about embarrass embarrass myself completely before you chime in with rationality. Mm. Which I think there are plenty of prime examples tonight of. So your fan favorite pretty much still solidly. Okay. But we do have an up-and-comer in David, and David has some strong allies. We and still, uh, I know we've we've discussed plans about the, the show-off, showdown. Oh, the feud is still coming. It's going to happen. I just, we got to, we got to make time for it. David's running scared. He keeps going all across the country, like right now. Yeah. He's in Arizona. We totally do feud cast this Memorial weekend, but uh, David absconded to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Because he can't handle the heat. I believe it. 
You know, he did say that he had he brought his microphone with him, so we're, we might drop a pod early late, later mm. uh, over the phone. But uh, for the feud cast, we've got some physical challenges and some, and we're gonna need some video. Right. It's gonna be an hour long video episode of Scott Cast with all the delights you've come to expect. Gamified. Like think about what's what, but like a game version of it where like where like I say three headlines and you have to figure out which one's real. You got questions. That's good. That's see, that's solid. Feudcast. It's gonna be great. Yeah, we're this is an hour and a half episode about. Yeah. And it's about time we should probably wrap it up, eh? Bid everyone adieu. So Ontario man, eh? Yeah, do you have any calls to action you'd like to request from the listeners? Uh so email us at hot for Scott cast for Scott at gmail.com at gmail.com with tattoo suggestions for Ian tattoo suggestions. Um, we're going to write all over his body. Sign up for audible at www.audibletrial.com forward slash Scott cast. Our other sponsorship we haven't mentioned. Oh, well, I haven't set up the code yet. Oh, and that's going to be, that's going to be revealed. Pending. That's, that's gonna, exciting. That's going to be Big revealed. news, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking we should reveal it during Feudcast, during the hour-long special. Well, get Dave's ass up in here. You know, because, like, we're going to need to make money off Feudcast somehow. Yeah. And there's uh, there's costs to Feudcast. we got to buy right. obscure food products and maybe whatnot. I sh- maybe I should do a ScottCast GoFundMe for Feudcast. <laughs> You know, like it's a one dollar episode download. Uh, I don't know. That's twelve dollars of materials didn't for all you, our loyal listeners. Didn't you make a vow about not, uh, not charging for episodes? Before? Yeah, episodes of Scottcast, but this is an episode of Feudcast we're talking about. Okay, this is a separate right? thing. It's this little slippy little it's marketing an trick, little thing. You just promote a different service. Mm-hmm. It's just a different brand. Well. I'm an evil villain, Ian. I'm still a podcasting villain. I'm not as dark and depraved as some of the villains we discuss on this podcast, but I'm still in true. the class of a uh, villain. That's just my main arena is podcasting. Okay. Which is just it's just a very inoffensive arena. <laughs> but I'm still a villain, so yeah, I'm gonna be slippy and I'm gonna have things like that. But we're not gonna actually charge for podcasts. Okay. You know. Oh, 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 oh. Hit us with it. I do want to do a special episode soon, though. And the only way you're going to be able to get the special episode isn't payment, but subscribing to the Scottcast newsletter. Oh. So you just subscribe to the Scottcast newsletter. You can unsubscribe anytime, and you will receive a brand new episode. It's going to be a prelude to Feudcast, actually. Okay. And we're not going to actually sell Feudcast, to clarify. But maybe like a like if we did like a three-hour Bonanza special, like I would totally charge for that, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Like a ten- so how does one sign up for the ScottCast newsletter? You go, well, you go to scottcast.us, Ian. Okay. And, and you look for the email field, which actually isn't up right now. So, or, so you can actually just email hopforscottcast at gmail.com, and... We'll get you on the list, and when the special episode comes out, we'll just send it to you, Master Charles. You're just you're, we're just going to subscribe you anyway, so you don't get to opt in. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's about it, I think. Make sure right. the main call to action, though, we need tattoo ideas because we're going to ink Ian, and that's going to be a special episode. Great. Also, hashtag JP, hashtag JPII. Oh, that's right. Tweet us. Always. And we'll, we'll get you a special T-shirt. And with that, thank you for listening to the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as Cats. We bid thee adieu. Adieu. Walk at the door. Sounds a pretty way to say bye. Yes, yes, yes. Sleep in the 